0: In the maimer, we learned mitzvah la mishatishka hachama, the mitzvah of lighting minira. Yes, now you're looking together, Tazra? The mitzvah of lighting the menorah is from when the sun sets, and the maimer explained that the aveda, the divine service of lighting the menorah is transforming the sunset, the negative, and it explained this on various levels, the negative of the world, and lifting it up to its source, where it starts from. Because nothing here in this world exists that isn't godliness. If I bring them Friday night at length, that Verhatas is the We spoke about this at length on Friday night. Everything here in this world, even those things that appear negative, they all start from Ebishtar. They all come from Hashem, the Gemara Chulin says, which is quoted here in this Maimar. Nothing else exists for Hashem. Even black magic is also coming from God. And therefore the Aveda that we have is taking that which it fell through whichever ways and became a negative existence here below in order to allow us, in order to allow us free choice, And we use our free choice not to look at its externality, at its negativity, at its fakeness, but to recognize its essential godliness. And thereby, we lift it up to an even higher level than it was before. In the last Ois, and Ois Vav, we spoke how this is something which gives Hashem deep and immense pleasure, a tremendous pleasure, that Hashem has from the chiddush, the novelty, because that's what arouses laughter, is when you are able to tell a joke in a way, in a way that you bring out the novelty, something (coughs) unusual, you surprise the people whom you're talking to, and in this way, you elicit their laughter, We, too, surprise Hashem. How do we surprise Hashem? We surprise Hashem when we don't listen to the Yetzirah and instead we wake up for (laughs) chesidus. How how does a tzaddik surprise Hashem? Tzaddikim are boring. (laughs) Tzaddikim are boring. let's say the average person has an advantage that Sarek doesn't have and even if it's something difficult an advantage that you're too hard because with that when you decide to do the good thing
1: absolutely and to,
0: and to wake up for Jesus Absolutely. And it's greater than a tzaddik, that tzaddik. Absolutely. Be- but then, why a the tzaddik should not have a Yetzir If that would be a because some, thing? On a simple level, there's different directions you can take, but on a simple level, someone has to guide us. Someone has to show us the way. The world wasn't created for the tzaddikim the tzaddikim were put inside of the world for us, to be able to guide us. The world was created for us. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's a little bit of a, an inflated statement to a certain degree. We know that uh, the, the basko goes out every single day and says um, uh, that the whole world was created for chanina beni, but uh, it's okay. Not, not for now. Yes? So, how can we surprise Hashem? Like, What does that mean, given that Hashem is all-knowing? So the concept of surprise is when we're taking something which is presenting itself here below as shkia in a negative way, the creation of klipa, and we're not getting distracted um, or pulled away by this klipa, and were instead using it and engaging through it in holiness and lifting it not just to its source, but higher than its source, that's the concept of surprise which we're discussing, which arouses this great ta'inu That's what we learned so far. Now we're starting ois zayin. zayin. itself is more of an avayda di It's not the haskala so much the, the ideas of chesedis. It's more of a, 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 which is explaining the idea of how we practically make this and apply this to our spiritual divine service. The Indian Hanal, says the Maimar, this above-mentioned idea, Shakavan, that the objective of the concealment of the world is in order that you should be able to have, in other words, choose life, free choice, that the reason why there is concealment is because Hashem wants us to choose on our own. Now, when they train an officer in the special forces, one of the things that they need to teach that officer is how to conduct himself if he's captured by the enemy how to be as strong as possible and resist their te- techniques of torture etc for as long as possible so in order to teach them that they need to capture this officer in a way that is mimicking what they would do if and to torture them literally building up their resistance now the officer who's being trained knows on some level even though they apply the the greatest force they know on some level that ultimately this is all part of their training exercises and they know that really even though they're being shouted at etc etc Really, they're being held by friendlies. They're being held by their their own. That knowledge, on some level, it affects the training, and, and the training they try to overcome. But on some level, that knowledge is a source of Comfort to this soldier knowing that ultimately This is all so coming from a, a place of love The memory is telling us that in the way that we look at this world Here we come into the world and we face a world where there's Fantastic darkness, concealment, challenges. And sometimes it reaches a point that it's so overwhelming, we don't know what to do. The MIMO we hear is teaching us a perspective which we're able to have. To give us strength to endure it. And that is to remember everything that we learned in this Mimer up to this point. That the Kavana, V'halomis, V'esteryim, Da'ilam, it's all coming from Hashem. At the end of the day, it's all coming from Hashem. And we're facing the most extreme, most difficult circumstances that are imaginable. The greatest evil. And yet, we know that Klippa has no intrinsic power. People cannot accomplish or do anything here in this world. Nothing can occur that isn't coming from Hashem. Understanding it, it's not possible for us to understand. But enduring it, recognizing that it's there only as part of the Eibishter's training, Practices for us. It gives us the ability to endure, the ability to move forward despite these greatest hardships. I think I mentioned on Friday night the story of the rabbis during the Holocaust that. They decided to bring God to Adin You were by me Friday night? Yeah, yeah. You were invite me? Why not? Yeah. What am I doing with my life? Well, <laughs> the right thing. They decided to bring God to Adin During the Holocaust. <clears throat> so, they sat there, they appointed a panel of judges, and there was a prosecutor, I don't know if there was a defender, and the prosecutor showed from Pasuk after Pasuk, Halacha after Halacha, etc., etc., how everything that's going on is contrary to Torah. and this whole case was presented it was it was put in front of the the panel of judges and the panel of judges deliberated with great trepidation and arrived at the conclusion that god is guilty and they made the psak that's What's going on is completely contrary to Torah and Allah, etc. And then one of the rabbis clapped on the bima and he said, "It's time for mincha. <laughs> That's the way that it is. It's time for mincha. <laughs> it's time to daven mincha. That's they, they tell the story." of this rabbi that was chased out of Spain during the Inquisition. It's not like they ran away from Spain and they were okay. Running away from Spain was itself a a horrible ordeal. An ordeal which required them to Go from one country to another country, and along the way they were chased and uh, pillaged and raped and the worst, the worst possible. And there was this one rabbi who, at some point, lifts up his hand to Hashem, and he says, "says Abishter hey, you took away." my home, my community. You killed my wife, (coughs) my family, my children. You caused me to undergo the most inhuman, unimaginable suffering. And all of this you did in order to entice me to rebel against you. But Abishra e, to spite you,
1: <laughs> I'm going
0: to stay religious. Mm-hmm. The the statements the, the the stories are said somewhat in jest. But the statements of these stories otherwise uh, uh, um, at the end of the day, the statements represent the Jewish perspective in Galus. We're here today, sitting over here with yarmulkes on our heads, with tzitzes hanging out of our pants. We're sitting over here as from Yidin. At the end of the day, when we're sitting over here, The fact that we're still here after 2,000 years of persecutions which cannot be fathomed is because at the end of the day, a yid knows that everything here in the world is conducted by the ebishter. And this reflection, this thought, and it gives koyach, strength, viidud and encouragement. adam to a person, shaloi lehispal, not to be affected, mizah from this that he sees, shahaylam humaleh klipas Akha, that the world is filled with klipa and impurity. And that in the world there is metzias, there is the existence of a shuk of a marketplace, which the shuk is a rishus harabim, a public domain. That the concept of a public domain means that there is multiplicity, not just the unity of God. Shayeshbai there is in this shuk in this marketplace, tarmaid That these tarmeidoi represent the greatest force of rebellion against Hashem. That their very name, uh, when rearranged in letters, makes up the word of rebellion. The ad and to the, not just do the tarmidoy exist in this marketplace of multiplicity, but holchem they walk in it. Rigla the tarmidoy, they walk in it. In other words, they're succeeding. They're walking, milling around, they're doing whatever they please. And the fact that they're walking around doing whatever they please in its surface seems to contradict idea that there's an abister because if there's an abister how does he allow something like this to occur how does he allow these people to, <coughs> to, to so to speak to spit at him and yet continue to do whatever they want how does he allow that and the answer we know is because that's what hashem wants that's what hashem wants because a Yid recognizes that this itself, that the world is in this situation. It's in order that we should be able to, despite all of that, despite all of that, put on tefillin. There's the stories that are told in the middle of the Holocaust of the ni'ilah prayers which they davened then or the semchas Torah which they celebrated it's things which it's it's difficult for the mind to fathom to understand how is such a thing possible and yet this is what a yid is it's like it's explained in the Sefer of Tzavas Harivash, the Sefer which is so to speak the the living will of the Balshemtiv, and it says over there, Shekesha Adam mispalel beKavana when a Yid is davening with. Proper concentration. And opposite him, while he's trying to daven, there's a guy standing over there. Who's was speaking and confusing him while he's davening. When I was 13, I went to a camp. In uh, Scotland, it was uh, yeshiva boys from Gateshead, together with um, uh, day school boys from Hasmonean, um, uh, in in London. It was run by my brother-in-law's father. I was there together with uh, one of the yeshiva boys. And uh, I was 13 years old, and we decided one day we were going to do something dodgy. Yeah, yeah. We we went off on our own. It's okay, I left a trail of mandolin, just in case. (laughs) And we ended up in the middle of some Scottish town. Maybe hitchhiked a ride in the back of a truck. There was like these big dogs over there, sitting over there in the back, sitting on my lap. And uh, we managed to call the, the, the camp. Uh, they were already getting all worried and saying, tell them, and so on. And, uh, they, 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 we called them, we told them where we were. They sent the buses to pick us up from where we, were, where we ended up. Um, uh, but in the meantime, we had to dive in mincha. So we went, uh, we are standing over there at the, um, the, the the street corner, standing by some telephone poles, and we daven mincha. And we finished davening, and we heard across the street there's a bunch of drunk Scottish guys that are sitting over there laughing and one of them is standing by a telephone pole across the street and banging his head against the pole. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably foot. laughing at you, darling, and Of course, in their head. of course, of course. It's <laughs> us shuckling. So they were trying to mimic our shuckling in front of the telephone pole and, <laughs> <laughs> and so they asked us what's going on somehow through their Scottish English we were able to understand what they were saying and we told him that we were praying that we should be found, and a few minutes later, the big bus comes, pulls up to take us home. But the the Baal Shem Tov says that when a yid is davening and he's concentrating on his davening, and there's a guy standing opposite him who's speaking and distracting him from his davening, he Gufat lifal boy she who appreciates that who appreciates that, he recognizes that the objective of this guy who's standing and trying to distract him is not that he should get distracted and frustrated. Why is this person not allowing me to concentrate pop? Properly on my tefillas, but on the contrary, it's supposed to encourage him to focus with even greater concentration on the davening that he's davening. Lehspalul <speaking> yeser <in Hebrew> to daven even more bekavana with concentration, may umka from the depths of his heart, because the fact that there is opposition, that there is resistance, that there is something which is. Preventing him from achieving (coughs) what he's trying to achieve is something which has a reverse effect. It actually causes him to dig deeper inside of himself in order to be able to daven the way that he's supposed to daven. As the Maimir explains, when a person reflects the life Force the life energy of this guy, It's the dvar havaya, the word of Hashem, and the spirit of Hashem's mouth. In other words, Hashem is creating it. HaMechaya, and Hashem is giving him life giving him existence, at this very moment, he recognizes that guy has no power in this world, Klipa has no power in this world, concealment is not a true energy of its own, there's not a God of light and a God of concealment, God forbid, as the Yivanim, the Greeks, Believe, etc. There's not two different gods. There's only one God. Hashem alekenu, Hashem echad. And if there is this distraction and confusion, which is pulling me away from concentrating by davening, that means that Hashem is the one that's creating it, not the guy himself. And that in these very words, which the guy is speaking, trying to distract me from what I'm doing, trying to distract me from what I'm doing, in these very words, is Melubas' is clothed, the Bura Yisparach Hashem's words. But the words aren't coming out in an expression, in a language, in a format, in any type of setting that you can possibly attribute to Hashem. That's not the way that Hashem expresses Himself. So it's true. The word of Hashem inside of this distractor is is in a way of galos, in a way of exile. Hashem's word is exiled inside of him. But ultimately, it is Hashem. <speaking in Hebrew> Through this reflection, <speaking in Hebrew> this will arouse the Yitadavin, says the Baal Shem Tev, with even greater in, um, concentration. The lay zee belvad, she ain't a mispaal, me debure lay high a Not only this, that he's not. Allowing himself to be mispa'el, to be affected from the words of the guy, and he's able to continue davening as if the guy was not standing over there, Mivalbulay and distracting him. Ali is even more than this. Shabilbul hanachri gufa yesira. The distraction of the guy is not only not affecting his davening, in fact, it's having a opposite effect. It's causing that his connection to Hashem is being revealed in an even deeper way. That his, his eros, his reflection, his thought is occurring in an, even, in an even greater manner. The sparks of holiness that we're in exile in the words of the guy, ultimately they have to be coming from a very high level because as we've repeated again and again throughout the course of this mimer in order for something to be in order for something to be able to descend far below it has to start off from a Gavayo, Gavayo, B'Yaisir, has to start off from a very high level. Because if it's not starting off from a very high level, it's limited. And its limitation allows it to be <coughs> expressed only within the framework of Ilav, Alul, cause and effect, of Seder of the general hierarchy of creation so even if it's falling it's still going to fall inside of that hierarchy and it's still going to be stuck inside of that framework it's never going to be able to express itself as something negative as something opposite in order for it to be able to reach a level of opposite it has to be coming from such a high level where it can fall into an opposite level and if there is going to be a guy who's distracting me, then his words are coming, they must be coming in order to be able to go so far into exile, so to speak, into this presentation of a distraction, they have to be coming from a level where which allows them to fall and completely transform, not just be diminished and be made smaller inside of the framework of the hierarchy of Seder Stalsos, but to be able to be transformed into something negative. In the parenthesis, that's how they were able to fall so far below. And through a yid in his Aveda, Taking them out, some extracting them. In other words, extracting these sparks from their exile, from the klipa, which is what we spoke about in the last in the last chapter. The joke, the novelty, the chiddush, the surprise to Hashem, which is extracting that which is precious from its base surrounding. Miskalla Bahem, you're able to then reveal in them, in the these sparks, that you're extracting Sharsham, their source, which is way, way high. And through this, you're able to have additional power to the person in his Hazaveda, because the person in his Hazaveda doesn't have access to such a high level. The person in his Aveda is able to lift himself up from the. Um, uh, lack of revelation below to a place of higher revelation, but all inside of the hierarchy of Seder Stalshlos. He's only able to reach a higher level within that hierarchy. You don't have access to a level which is beyond this hierarchy, beyond the Seder Stalshlos. And in order to reach the level which is higher than Seder Stalshlos, that's through connecting to this spark which is exiled in, inside of the opposer. In the brackets ubefrat and especially Alpi Mashanis Barla according to that which we explained earlier. The Inyan Yurida Tsarya, this is way back in the beginning of the Maimur, in the second chapter of the Maimur. With regard to the concept of descent for the purpose of ascent, the akhar Hayrida, that the ascent after the descent, he lumadrega nailes to a higher level shakedamayurida from the level that it was at before it descended. In other words, you're not just bringing it back to where it started, to its very, very high level, the Gavaya Gavaya B'yesa, where it began. Rather, you're bringing it to an even higher level. And Kemoyi Kein Huga and Asan the same is true also with regards to the lifting up of these sparks that were exiled and that you're extracting through not allowing the Darkness to consume you. After the descent, under refinement, they're able to rise even higher than they were in their source, which is the level of Gavaya B'yaser. That's where they started off, and you're able to bring them to an even higher level than Gavaya Biyaser. And we could explain this. It's even higher than the Gavaya B'yeser. And that is, through the divine service. The work that you're doing, the effort that you're putting in to extract these sparks and to refine the spark, you're able to complete you're able to fulfill, as we said earlier, in the fourth chapter of this Mimer. So, so far in this Mimer, we referred to the fifth chapter, and the second chapter, and the fourth chapter. So, we're getting in this chapter a a summary of all the chapters that we built up already. Hakavana, the dear, the objective of making a dwelling for the Eibishter below. Loi, la'atzmuse, for the essence of the Eibishter. Because, If you want to be able to transform something which is negative to something which is positive, you need for that the power of a level where negative and positive doesn't exist. You need for that to connect to Hashem's essence. (coughs) On Hashem's essence, there's no higher and lower. There's no light and dark. There's no Um, evil and good. There's only the essence of Hashem, and if you use that power, then, even when you're faced with the negativity, with the hardship, with the challenges, with the distractions, you're able to not be nispel, not be affected from it, and continue your Aveda, and thereby you're able to Allow that in this place below there should be a dearer loy loy la for him for Hashem's essence shatzmusay is baruch rabatzmusay is baruch enshayech kol hageder the ma'ilo mata gavayo mata there's no higher and lower there's no up and down like we explained earlier in the maimer and in the last maimer also not that we learned together now, but that the Rebbe said then in Tavshon Lamit Ches, the mimer in the beginning of Hanukkah, of Kal Yerigla the Tarmidai, that uh, the feet of the Tarmidai cease. Not only are you destroying, getting rid of the merdim, the, rebe- the rebellers, which is the Tarmaidai, that you lift them up as we've spoken a number of times already. You transform them Al shem and through this that you refine the sparks that are inside of them. This is Chanukah. Chanukah is going out into the darkness of the world. And not just illuminating the darkness so that there should be no longer any darkness, but illuminating the darkness that the darkness itself should shine. And when you illuminate the darkness that the darkness itself shines, then you're accomplishing the objective of creation, which is that Hashem himself has a dwelling place here below. In Iskes we continue, according to this we could understand also the explanation of the two the, the, the connection between the two explanations of Regal Minashuk. so we said earlier that there are two extremes in Regal we said just like there are two extremes in Shkiya, there's the son of Atzillus setting into Malchus of Atzillus so to and and then there's the sun of holiness setting into the darkness of Klippa. Those are the two explanations in shkia. There's also two explanations in regal. There's the regal which is the three holidays of the year shalish regalim Bashana. and there's the regal which is the feet of those who oppose godliness that are walking around comfortably in the marketplace in the rishos Those are two levels of regal. And the Meimner explains, "Shakoi al de de This is referring to the regal, the foot of the leumas of the opposite, which is rigla de tarmedoy. That's the lower level. And v'shakoi, it's referring to regalim, the kedusha, the three holidays of holiness. Kibir <laughs> the refinement and the lifting up of the sparks that are in the feet of the lumasa, which is what we just discussed, not allowing the negativity to sway me, but on the contrary, extracting the spark of godliness, the Ein Oid Mulvaday, the holiness that's inside of it, that's giving it life, and allowing it to shine, and thereby transforming the place of the darkness itself, that's the bir v'halos, and it says the lumasa, the refinement and the transformation of the sparks in the foot of the lumasa. Shall This causes that in the lumasa there is kiloyin, there is um the the um. Uh, yearning and the uplifting to above, Who rigla al de gimel Rigalum. This is accomplished through the divine service of the three holidays. On a simple level, we said earlier in the Maymer, the three holidays represent revealed godliness. That's just like yid came to the Beis HaMikdash, to be seen by God, he also came to see God, to see godliness. And because it's a time of great revelation, and through that revelation of godliness, that's how we have the power to go into the world and transform the negativity of the darkness of the world. And over here, the Maim is going to explain that now on a deeper level. The idea is... It's known the difference between toyu and tikkun. So we spoke earlier in this Mimer about Taihu and tikkun. Taihu is a place where there are a lot of, there's a lot of light and only a little bit of container, of vessel. And Tikkun is a place where there is very little light and a lot of container. Which practically, in its presentation, means that Taihu is greater than Tikkun. But really, Tikkun is greater than tayo. This is just the confusion of chassidus. Chassidus always just constantly, everything that you think you know, it just spins you around and tells you that it's not not really accurate, it's deeper than that, and then you finally get that, and it spins you around again and says, no, it's the opposite. So, really tikkun is greater than tayo. Tayu is greater than Tikkun, but Tikkun is greater than Tayu. Why is Tikkun greater than Tayu? Because in Tikkun, you have something very powerful, which you don't have in Tayu. What you have in Tikkun that you don't have in Tayu is a concept of Hiskalulus. What does Hiskalulus mean? It means inclusivity. In Tayu you do not have in- inclusivity. In tikkun, you have inclusivity. What does that mean? What what's that mean practically? So let's take Tayu. You have the iris merubim and the kelim u'atim, the, the great powerful light and the very weak vessel of tayyu what is the great powerful light of Tayyot? So, you have, we just learned, yes, today's Monday already, two days ago, Shabbos, we learned about Vayim right? Vayim Vayamis, they ruled, they died, they ruled, they died. Yeah, about the kings of Asaph, they ruled, they died, they ruled, they died. So, According to Kabbalah, these ruling and dyings is the iris of tayo, the light of tayo. Because the light of tayo, it ruled and it died. In other words... <clears throat> When chesed of taihu speaks, because this isn't really true in the intellectual levels of toihu, it's true <coughs> primarily, there, there wasn't Shviras hakelem in the intellectual levels. The shveras was only in the emotions. Because in, in intellect, there's always inclusivity. But uh, I'm not going to go at length into that now. When chesed of, of taihu was given the mic, was given the microphone, what did chesed of toyu say chesed of tay said i am chesed and the only truth is chesed and nothing can exist but chesed and chesed is true forever and ever and i exist and nothing else can exist and there's no room for anything else because chesed is chesed is chesed that's Chassid's message with the microphone in the world of Tohu, right? It's extreme Chassid, only Chassid, pure Chassid, one hundred percent Chassid. Remember, we, the, the, the Yanka was giving us a a, a a a a class in Mashka that time, but there's ninety six proof here in Tikkun. but in Tell you not ninety six percent whatever it is ninety six percent and it, but in tell you it's a hundred percent what's a hundred percent just chesed <coughs> the container is too weak so what happens if there's just chesed and nothing else what happens if chesed is saying chesed 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 all the way from here till the end. there's only chesed what happens if there's only chesed and there's- the, 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 you can't exist. You can't exist in a place of pure chesed. You know what happens in a place of pure chesed? In a place of pure chesed, there, it, 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 there becomes kindness even for those who should not receive any kindness. You feel bad for people whom you shouldn't feel bad, and so on and so forth. That's in a place of pure chesed. You cannot exist. Things become rotten and spoiled. Because of too much chesed. And that's why, it bursts. It's powerful. It's essential. It's 100% chesed. Here in this world, in Tikun, you're never ever going to get 100% chesed. 100% chesed, that's only to you. But, it can't continue to exist. It's too much light and too little container. And the same is true of gvura in to you. What's gvura in to you? When it gets the mic, it too is saying, Gvura is true, Gvura is real, Gvura is the only way. There can be nothing but Gvura, 100% Gvura, from here until forever. It's Gvura all the way down. And what happens when there's just Gvura? Same thing. Can't exist with just Gvura. Just Gvura is just going to smash you, and that's it. You're over, it's out. It's the end of the story, which means that the world of Toyu, despite its strength, is somewhat surface. It's two dimensional. It's two dimensional because it does not have the ability to perceive and appreciate any reality outside of it, past its own nose. And that's its two-dimensionality is it's just surface. It can only see black and white, and that's it. The world of Tikkun, there is gray. There's complexity. There's depth. There's three-dimensionalities. You're able to see beyond the surface. And this is, in a very oversimplified way, the idea that the Mimer is about to say. It's known. The difference between toyu and tikkun. That in tell you, the spheres were in a level of two lines. There were two lines. There is me and everything that's against me. And that's my entire reality, and I'm not able to see anything beyond that. That's the two lines. Ubitkun gimel kavin. In tikkun There are three lines. There's chesed, and gvura, and teferis. And the teferis creates a hiskalalos. In chesed, there's a little bit of gvura, and in gvura, there's a little bit of chesed. Like we know when we count the Svirah, we count Chesed Shebe Chesed, and then Gvur Shebe Chesed, and then Tefer Shebe Chesed, and that's and Chesed, and Hayi Shebe Chesed, and shebe, shebe Chesed, and then we go on to the next one, and then the next one and gvri You start off with Chesed Shebe and you continue with Gvur Shebe gvur, etc. There is depth. There is three dimensions. There is an appreciation and a recognition of something that exists Beyond me, there are three kavin, There are three levels. And that's why. The bursting of these powerful 100% pure lights that broke into you and they could not exist into you. Who puts it together? Who puts Humpty Dumpty together again? That's us. Here in Tikun, that's us. We're able to do the avaid of Bir and Tetzis Ttoish on Naflo Blumasah. Rigla the Tarmidoy Blumasah. Who al Yedei? This is true. Shemayl Moisem Lebchinas Tikun. Shahu BeGimmel Kaven. This is true. That you lift them up to the level of Tikun, which is in the Gimmel Kaven. It fell down, but it fell down to a place where there is an appreciation of something beyond. And it's that appreciation which allows for its reconstruction in a way that it's no longer lost. This is the Indian Gimel Regalim, the kadusha, the idea of the three holidays. So, the Regalim the raglayim, the reg- rigla, the tarmeidoy, the feet of the tarmeidoy, the klipa, that came here into this world. How did the klipa come here into this world? Because the vessels of toyhu shattered, as we discussed earlier in the maimer. That's the only way that klipa can exist, because of the shattering. It can't come through the hierarchy. It needs to come from beyond the hierarchy, from shattering and breaking and falling. This, that this, Rigla determined exists. exist. How do we fix it? Through the Rigla, the Regal of Kedusha that exists inside here of Tikkun, the three holidays, the three kaven, the three lines, the three dimensions that we have here in this world. <speaking> in <Hebrew> what does that mean in our Aveda? <speaking> in <Hebrew> it's The three legs that the world stands on. The world doesn't stand on two legs. If the world stood on two legs, it would topple over. And the truth is that even something that stands on four legs is really standing on two sets of two. But when it's standing on three legs then standing on the three legs equally. The three legs are holding it up. The <laughs> Gimel um, Amudim, the three pillars that the world is standing on, whether this small world, which is a person, and the, the, whether the, the bigger world, whether the bigger world, the world itself, that means you yourself, you need these three dimensions in order to exist the dimension of Torah, the dimension of divine service, Aveda, davening, and the di- dimension of Gemilis Chasadim of kindness and outreach and helping others, you need those three dimensions in order to be able to exist. And the world itself also needs these three dimensions, these three pillars, in order to be able to stand. This physical world, which is so low, there is nothing lower than it. There is nothing lower down than this world that upon it stands all of the world all of the worlds the entire Seydish Talshus this that it's able to stand is because there are three kavin there are three amudim there are three legs that's why it's able to stand in the world of Tayhu, you have two legs and that's why as soon as it starts Speaking, it topples over and breaks because two-dimensionality can only last so long until it just reaches a truth or a reality which shatters its two dimensions and causes it to cease. But within three-dimensionality, there is room for more and more and more. You can expand and you can appreciate and you can have more. Gabi This is that which it says with regard to Yakov. it's okay if we finish ice or should we finish tomorrow? Keep going. Mashakosov this is that which it says with regard to Yaakov. Umikivon Shanishmas Yakov. He and since Yaakov Avinu's neshama is included from all other neshamas, move on. It's understood. The same is true by every single true. What does it say with regard to Yaakov? It says something unbelievable. It says in the Pasuk, in Vayetze, Behold, Hashem is standing over him that's the simple meaning of this passage hashem is standing over him that's that itself is pretty fantastic hashem is standing over him hashem is in front of yaakov shavisa Hashem but khazal teach us that and 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 like so many other statements if khazal would not teach us this it would be impossible for us to say it But Chazal teaches us what does V'hine Hashem of Alav mean? Hashem is standing on him. What does it mean Hashem is standing on him? It means Hashem is leaning on Yaakov in order to be able to to, to, to stand. Yaakov is supporting Hashem and giving him the ability to stand. For Amr Hazal, our sages say, Tzadikim Eloikeyem Their God exists upon them. Their God, his ability to stand, is through them, supporting himself, so to speak, on them. This, that their God, so to speak, meaning the godliness that's connected to their neshama, Is Bibchinas Nitsav, it's standing in a way of Nitzav Melech. in a way that a king stands, that means with strength, with power, without getting swayed. This And your falling pulls him down. Ubifrat, and this is especially true. The divine service that we have during this time of exile. Because the divine service that we have during the time of exile is where we're standing and we're not allowing, like we said in the last chapter, we're not allowing that the darkness of the world should affect, a hispilus, should affect us. That means we're standing strong and powerful. Why? Because we know that Ain Oid that only Hashem exists, and that allows that Hashem's Ain Oid is shining through us. We're supporting Hashem in a way which is unswayable, which is unflappable, which is unknockable, which is standing forever and ever. That through refining the darkness of galus, that's the aveda of lighting the Minera. In a couple of days we're going to be lighting the Minera. Starting with one little candle. But that one little candle is going to refine the darkness of exile. This is accomplished. And Hashem's existence is supported through our standing in Galos. And this is accomplished even through one tiny little candle, one little finger. I'm going to speak about that in a moment. I know that we're way over time. As it's known, the ruling of the Rambam, shall day mitzvah achasah, through one mitzvah, the even one mitzvah, thought, speech, or action, one little mitzvah, that can cause that the scale of the world gets tipped to the positive side and it transforms the whole world and brings the whole world to a state of it tips over him and the whole world to the side of z'chus of merit and the causes for him and for them, for the entire world, at Shua I just want to read to you about this Etz this little finger. It's in different places in the Madrash. I'm reading to you from Shira Shirim Aleph Dalid. Tells the story of Rab Khanina ben Daisa. ben Deisa, There's amazing stories about him in the Gemara and in the teachings of Chazab. And it tells the story, of Haninah Mendesah was, as is known in many of the stories, he was extremely poor. He lived a life of complete poverty. And he saw, once saw the men of his city bringing karbanes to the Beis HaMikdash in Yerushalayim. He said to himself, they're all bringing karbanes, while I bring nothing. What should I do? Immediately he went to the outskirts of the city and he entered into an abandoned ruin of his city, and over there he found a stone. He came out of the ruin and he carved and chiseled and painted the stone, transforming it to a beautiful work of art. That itself is fascinating. Mm-hmm. And then he said, It is hereby incumbent upon me to bring the stone to Yerushalayim and consecrate it for the upkeep of the Beis HaMikdash. He sought to hire some workers to transport the stone to Yerushalayim for him. He asked them, will you bring this stone up to Yerushalayim for me? They replied to him, give us our fee of 100 gold coins, and sure, we'll bring the stone to Yerushalayim for you. He said to them, where do I have 100 gold coins or even 50 gold coins to give to you? He could not find the amount of money at that time. So then the workers, said, fine, we're not going to work for you for free. Immediately the Holy One, blessed be he, prepared for him five angels in the form of people. And they said to him, our teacher, give us five slaim. Slaim is a very minimal amount of money which even Khanina was able to afford. And we're going to bring your stone to your and provided that you place your hand on the stone together with us. That's the one requirement. And that's what happened. Urchanina um, placed his hand on the stone with them and they were immediately found to be standing in Yerushalayim and Urchanina um, sought to pay them their wages but he could not find them. This incident was brought to the Sanhedrin who sat in the, sat in the Lishkas Hagazis and they said to Urchanina, um, our teacher, it appears that the, that it was Malachim that brought the stone up to Yerushalayim for you. So, one of the lessons which we're learning from this story, it's a very an amazing story, is this idea of the single finger. It's not upon us to push away the whole galus. We need to know, as we learned in the beginning of class today, that the galus is all able. <coughs> and therefore, we put one finger, the maimer says, you do one mitzvah one mitzvah at a time just one mitzvah and that one mitzvah can be the tipping of the scale and what allows hashem to stand needs of a love what supports hashem and what transforms all of the darkness into light we should experience that immediately now the coming of Mashiach who will bring us all back to the Beis Tashnu in Yerushalayim. Amen. L'chaim, L'chaim. Yeah, no. I